views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Welcome to Transformation Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to all of the above. Whatever you're doing today, you know, just imagine right now this cosmic big smile at all of you, coupled with, let's just say, a warming just a little hug, just a little energetic hug. Uh, Today, I'm really thrilled about the show we're doing because, you know, I think we all go through times in our lives where we're thinking about what the heck's going on. But before we get to that, and I introduce my fabulous guest here, uh, Mr. Benny, did you have a good weekend? I did very much, and uh, I appreciate the hug, uh, you know, because one size fits all. So we want to go with that. That's right. That's absolutely Mm -hmm. right. Especially when it's like this energetic, vibrational, like, "Mm," like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just like that. So that is what today we're going to talk about this with Lynn McTaggart joining us here today. I, I don't know about you, Benny. Are you, like, enjoying the weather here? I mean, it's, like, chilly this morning, but that sunshine is super bright. Ooh. Wait, you have sunshine in your area? We don't. We're fogged in down no. here. I'm in a bottle. Oh, yeah, we're fogged in down here. Oh, no, I got the sunshine in bottle. All right, well, hey. Uh, you the can sun ha- always shines in bottle. Of course, it's the center of the universe. <laughs> I get that, yep. <laughs> Well, listen, today we're going to learn how to harness the miraculous energies of a small group to heal others. Now, this is important to me. Lynn McTaggart is the author of, well, this is her latest book, The Power of Eight, Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others, Heal the World. And, you know, I've known Lynn for a while. Well, let me say I've known Lynn, yes, but I've known of her work even before that. You know, she is the author of The Intention Experiment. And, you know, when people were not even talking about intention, you know, like they're like, uh, what is intention? Lynn is like, well, wait a minute. I want to talk about intention, but I also want to study it. I also want to show you what it is, how to connect the dots, because she and I have something in common. We do this thing called research, and we may not be studying the same thing. But in the same way, what we like to do is say, wait a minute, there is a new consciousness movement going on. And there are some people that say, I'm all in. They don't have to see any signs of it. But there are other people that say, you know what, I want to be all in, but I'm like 50-50 today. Lynn is an award-winning author of seven books, including bestseller, The Field, The Intention Experiment, 
bond, and now the power of eight. Uh, she goes all over the world, and she has worked very, very hard to get to be able to do that. One thing I know about Lynn is her commitment, her dedication, her passion and purpose for understanding what it takes for us to say yes to a world of peace is demonstrated in how she shares her life, her work with us. The power of eight is just one of those ways. And we're going to talk about that today. Now, if you're thinking right now, let's just cut this off if this is going on. I am a small group. What's a small group? We're going to talk about what a small group is. But believe it or not, we all, all of us, have small groups in our lives. Lynn, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Uh, let's start with my question about small groups or my statement. You know, I used to be quite a loner when I was growing up. I really was. I mean, you know, the best part of me would spend time by myself with just me. <laughs> I found that I'm a really super introvert, but you never know it. But then I looked this, around. This surprises me. <laughs> I really, do you know that Myers-Briggs uh, uh, test, you know that thing, the Myers-Briggs? I scored yeah. so high on the introvert scale that wow. it's a small part of the little curve, and they made me take it over like four times. And wow. But we've come to know something different about it. Even though that's true, I'm out in the world. I love the idea of getting with other people. Can you talk a little bit about this extraordinary capacity we have to connect? Yeah, I mean, it's in our DNA to connect. I mean, I wrote about this a lot in my last book, The Bond, where yeah. I wrote about how we need connection like we need oxygen. And connection and connecting with others is probably more important than food for people. Um, they have found that when people are connected and they have small communities, um, it protects them against, you know, everything from stroke to the common cold. I mean, even the Japanese who smoke like chimneys don't get heart disease. And when they've been studied, they've found um, that they do when they come to America, but some do, some don't. When they look even further and drill down further, what they find is it has nothing to do with diet. doesn't matter if they're eating tofu and sushi or Big Macs and fries. What's most important, what's most yeah. essential is whether or not they recreate those close community ties. So we know we need connection. We need to belong. That's just so important for us. And what I have found with the research I've been doing, and it's taken me about 10 years to have the nerve to write this book, is <laughs> that when people, it truly, truly, I was really frightened when I first saw this. I put people into groups of eight just to play around with my first workshop on intention. And I thought they were going to have these little feel-good effects, like a facial, you know, when I asked the group to send <laughs> an intention to somebody in the group with a health challenge. And that's not what happened. I mean, honest to God, the lame were walking. I mean, they, there were people who had terrible pain from arthritis who said, I don't have any pain anymore. And people with migraines who said their migraines were finished. And a woman with cataracts who said her eye looked, you know, 80% clear and 
and a woman with scoliosis who said her back had no pain, and she wrote me afterward to say she had to change the rearview mirror of her car, and, you know, on and on and on and on. And it was shocking to me, and I couldn't understand it, which is why it took me so long, because I, I sought to try to figure out, well, what on earth is, what's so powerful about these little groups, and why is in group intention so powerful? Mm. You know, what I love about this is now knowing, you know, how important uh, being with other people are. I had an experience with this this weekend, and, you know, I knew I was going to be speaking with you, but I didn't connect the dots till just now. You know, uh, sometimes on the weekend I'll play table tennis with, you know, some folks uh, up in Everett at the Senior Center, and there's a whole contingency of people all over the United States. Um, that are 50 and older that love this game. But I mm-hmm. will tell you this. I play with people that mostly English is not their first language, or if it is, they speak multiple languages. And I, I had a pain on my right hand, and I had it wrapped. And all of a sudden, Lynn, I'm playing, and you could tell it's affecting me. And one of the women, actually two of the women, said, wait, 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 stop the game, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and went over to their their uh, packs that they had. One of them ripped out a Korean uh, patch with ginseng and something else in it, put it on my hand. The other one picked something else out to put on me. And... This is an interesting conversation we're having because there is this level of camaraderie. We just don't see it in our everyday society that way, do we? Well, no, and we need to because, as I say, as I've discovered, there's just a, you know, there's so much work on the power of intention. And it's always focused on individual intention and also intention on myself. You know, that's all about the self-help movement. It's intention on myself. And what I found that's so amazing and what, what I didn't believe for a long time is the power of intending in groups, large or small, because, you know, I've run many big intention experiments where they were literally experiments. I was working with scientists. And every so often I would invite my Internet office uh, audience from around the world to send an intention. And, you know, we'd run 30 of them, everything from trying to make plants grow faster to uh, changing the pH of water and purifying it to lowering violence in war-torn areas to, um, to trying to heal somebody from PTSD. So of those mm-hmm. 30, you know, they really worked, 26 showed measurable, positive, mostly significant effects. Now, put that in context, there's no drug out there, no pharmaceutical drug that has that kind of consistent track record. So that was pretty amazing to me, but it's not the point of the story or my book. The point of the book was all of the rebound effects, the positive rebound effects happening to the people who participated in these experiments particularly the ones for peace or healing. They experienced healing. They experienced major peace in their lives, like healing estranged relationships. You know, I had interviews. I surveyed the participants and got back responses in the thousands saying they'd gone through this major, major transformation. It was 
as I say, it was pretty shocking. You know, and we're going to talk about why we think that is and what you discovered along the way. Because, you know, what I love about getting to talk with you, Lynn, and I think we have this in common, we are so curious. You know, we're curious in a way where we can discover something, a possibility, let's call it for a moment, and then be able to share it with the world. Why? For positive, transformative, mega change. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be going to we'll be talking about the power of eight. And what does this mean? How does it affect us from our everyday lives? Tap in to that space of possibility. And what happens if we actually think peace? Stay tuned. This and much more. Lynn McTaggart. We'll be right back. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in Follow my Are you struggling in a relationship and deeply craving some tools and support to get things back on track? Do you crave having a loving, compassionate relationship with Mr. Right, but always seem to pick Mr. Wrong? Well, Sarah Luce can help. She's created a four-week online course starting September 28th that will teach you how to shift your energy and behavior to have new transformative outcomes. And you're going to get a personal one-on-one session with Sarah to ensure you get powerful, personal results. Sign up today at sarahluce.com. Tune in to Mainstream Metaphysics Radio to harness your connection with the universe to affect change for optimal success and happiness. Name one of the country's top psychics. Eve now brings her insights and gifts to this weekly hit call-in show. Joined by visionaries, leaders, and gifted others, but mostly you. Jot it down. Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. powerful insight and practical tools to support you on your spiritual journey access your higher self and tune in every second and fourth thursday at 12 p.m pacific to a life untethered with andrew martin walking the path of freedom andrew is a highly attuned intuitive oracle energy worker spiritual teacher and international radio host for more about andrew and his services visit thelightedones.com Chris Stainis is a spiritual leader and healer and teaches a course on how you can transform your life through a meditation and healing system that will manifest your spirit's dreams. She manifested the Women of Wisdom Conference, the Women of Wisdom book, and this radio show. And she can show you how to change your life, too. Are you ready? 
visit the website and contact her at VoicesOfWomenToday.com. That's VoicesOfWomenToday.com. Discover the healing medicine from the giant monkey tree frog, Cambo. Cambo practitioner Ginny Rutherford and professional psychic Todd Rolson have come together for lively discussions of alternative healing medicines from the Amazon. Ginny and Todd bring you Cambo Talk Radio. Tune in each Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific to hear from guests all over the world with real life stories and the medicinal benefits of Cambo. For more information, visit CamboKiss.com. Beautiful and sweet. Well, I never knew you were the someone waiting for me. Cause we were just kids when we fell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am so thrilled to have Lynn McTaggart joining me here today. But, you know, Lynn, before we keep going, because I know we are going to get going here and talk more about this book, uh, but also talk about some of the other books you've wrote, because I think they are related. Um, how, what's the best way for people to find out more about you, where you're going to be, and how they, how they can get your this book and all the rest of them? Uh, if they come to my website, I now have a new website, lynnmctaggart.com which has all of my material on it, and is it has the intention experiment as well as information about my earlier books, The Field, uh, The Intention Experiment, The Bond, and now, of course, the new book, The Power of Eight. And it's got all of my speaking engagements and everything else that's going on in my life. Let's take a moment and talk about the, the eight, the number eight for a minute. So many of us are familiar with the number eight, the way it looks, we also know when you turn it on its side, it's the infinity symbol. Um, and most people might be listening and saying, the power of eight. Eight? Why eight? I don't know that I relate to that number. But I, I think it's a deeper story, and I'd love for you to share it. Well, it's a funny story, Pat. Um, yeah. It came about by happy accident. As I say, I'm a journalist. That's my, my background. I started out as yeah. an investigative reporter. Early in my career, I was doing things like busting baby-selling uh, rings with hidden microphones and cameras and things like that. I mean, that was where I was starting out. I was going to put bad guys in jail. And um, I kind of segued over into this work almost by accident. And I, was, I started the intention experiments for one reason. It was around the time where you were first hearing about the law of attraction and, you know, it was the secret and things like that. And I just had these inconvenient questions. I kept thinking things like, well, if thoughts are so powerful, and of course I'd found out about that from my book, The Field, in talking to many scientists who demonstrated that thoughts are an actual something with the capacity to change physical matter. But I Uh kept thinking to myself, well, if they're that powerful, what can you do with it, you know? Um, why are people manifesting parking spaces? Why don't we try to cure cancer with our thoughts? You know, let's see how far we can take this. And also, what happens when lots of people are thinking the same thought at the same time? Does that magnify the effect? So I figured I'm going to set up a big experiment. I've got, I know a lot of these scientists now. I've got lots of readers around the world. My books are in a lot of languages. So I'll just invite them onto my Internet site every so often, and we'll have the biggest global laboratory in the world. We'll really test this to the limit. So we did, 
But around a year after I started, we'd had some success with the first batch. I started thinking to myself, as I said, well, I guess I ought to run workshops. That's what people in this area do. (laughs) So I'll start a workshop. And so I'm sitting there with my husband one day in 2008, and I'm going, well, how are we going to show the power of intention in a workshop? You can't manifest a new job over a weekend. So I thought, oh, I don't know. I'll put them in groups of eight and ask them to send a healing intention to some member of the group with a health challenge. And my husband's a great journalist. He's a headline, a real natural headline writer. He goes, yeah, the power of eight. I love that. And literally that is how we started, as a complete accident. And then I put them into groups. As I mentioned earlier, we had the groups. I asked them to come back the next day. I assumed it was going to be like a massage, and we had these extraordinary healings. I was totally dumbfounded, but everywhere I have taught since, with hundreds of different groups, um, we've had the same effect. Time after time, people, more or less, I just had it a week ago with Mile High Church in Seattle, uh, in, um, in, in Denver, Denver. Yeah. Uh, 450 people in the audience, and they're, we are sitting there for 45 minutes listening to the healings, you know, and just on and on and on. And so... There probably is some really amazing sacred geometry with the number eight and probably something that was, you know, unconscious that I picked eight, but I just picked it, I plucked it out of the air, to be honest. Well, I think it is. I think there is something unconscious. I also think there is something conscious about it. And that's why I love the way that you just shared that story, because you and I kind of operate along the same plane some days. You know, people will ask me, is that really? Why did you do that? And I'm like, let me make up some story about why I did it. Because if I answer the question like, okay, I don't know, but I like heard a voice, Pat, go do that. Um, They would just look at me sideways. Now, thank goodness, I'll tell you, Lynn, thank goodness the people around me, they expect that answer. So I'm happy about that. Um, I I want to talk to you about this. Some people would say, you know what, Lynn? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat something that was shared uh, with me not too long ago. I don't believe it, but it was shared. Pat, mm-hmm. don't you think we're beyond peace? And I thought there was a chill Lynn, that went up and down my body, and then a sadness, because the minute that I allow myself to believe that as humanity we are beyond peace, then I will be beyond peace. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about that, because we're talking about intention here. We're talking about thinking peace. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to do. But boy, we Mm -hmm. want to fight that with every cell we've got. I don't believe we're beyond peace at all. I don't think we're beyond peace. I think we are learning and having to learn a lot about different mechanisms for communicating with each other for people not like us. And boy, are we still learning that lesson. And in America, we really have a big lesson to learn right now about trying to communicate with people who are not like us. Um, and that's our central problem. I just finished running a big American peace intention experiment. It finished last Thursday. We ran it for six days over Gaia TV. And um, we had a broadcast where we were interviewing some scientists and showing the evidence for it and showing the evidence for people 
who had been in power of eight groups and also had had rebound effects from being in my earlier peace experiments. The focus of it was St. Louis, Missouri. That's what we were focusing on. We were trying to lower violence there because it has been officially noted as the most violent place in America, believe it or not, the most violent city in America. So we were sending intention to lower violence there and restore peace. But the bigger thing I wanted to do was what I have noticed with all of my peace intention experiments. The participants themselves have these amazing rebound effects. They start feeling more peaceful. They make up with friends and family, as I mentioned before. They start hugging strangers. They say they're in love with everyone that they come in contact with. They have this major, major kind of rejuvenation. I mean, all of the, the things that they note on surveys that I survey, I'm not making this up, I just get, you know, I put surveys out and I get thousands of responses of what actually happened. And they talk about feeling like somebody said, I felt like I was wired to a higher network. I felt like I was part of the tractor beam in Star Trek. You know, I was crying uncontrollably. I had pins and needles all down my arms, etc. There's kind of a, a psychic internet that they experience, and this mm-hmm. becomes very transformational. So my big idea with the American Peace and Intention Experiment is, you know, we, I have a team of scientists. We'll look at the data afterward. We'll see if we've lowered violence in St. Louis. I hope we have. But the bigger thing is with the thousands of participants we had, if each of them experienced that kind of transformation in their own life, and that affects everyone they become, mm-hmm. they come in contact with, and it does in, in my earlier experiments that's demonstrated, they become more peaceful, they make up with other people, and so it goes on. And if that mm-hmm. created a little ripple effect, well, imagine what that could do. So I don't think we're beyond peace, but I think we have to learn how to get along with people not like us. And one of the things that is really interesting about studying about the groups and about doing these kinds of altruistic intentions is when you start looking at what happens to the body, it was a study at University of California at Berkeley where they showed students, they had two groups of students, one batch of students were shown pictures of some of the world's victims. And a thing called the vagus nerve got fired in their bodies. This is the biggest nerve in the body, and one of the things it does is it turns on a lot of mechanisms involved with compassion, love, and tolerance. And they have found that when these people have that activated, they're more likely to feel closer to people who are not like them. Whereas people where they, another group of students, they showed them other kinds of photos, photos designed to elicit pride in who they were, you know, pictures of the Berkeley colors and the UCAL, you know, football team, et cetera. Those people only felt connected with people who were like them, not people who are not like them. So think about this. The idea of doing meditations, intentions for peace, and how powerful that activates mechanisms in the body that make us more tolerant of the other. So if we could do this on a bigger scale, what a huge effect that would have on people and their view of being much more tolerant toward people not like them. You know what I'm really struck by, and and so maybe let's share a little, let, let's talk story for a minute. Maybe even I have to skip the break. You know what I'm struck by? I, my mentor was a woman named Sedonia Cahill, and she lived in Sebastopol, California. 
And she was one of the first people in our country, um, in the United States, to create the idea of ceremonial circle. And Mm -hmm. uh, as a matter of fact, she did write the first book on ceremonial circle by a non-Indigenous person. You know what I mean? Wrote that first Mm -hmm. book. It's like ancient. And I got to go and, 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 and share in a vision quest with her in the desert. Now, you know, I'm a girl from the Bronx, Lynn, okay? So let's just kind of get real right here for a hot second. You know, we need to get real. Um, I am a person that is out in the world, and what I'm doing in the world is I'm here, and I am taking the message out in the world as somebody that has got a street smart sense. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, from a street smart point of view, I don't talk the way other people do. And as a matter of fact, my friend Gail Tor, so here's what I want to share about it. I don't talk about things the way a lot of people do. And it's because I honor my background in doing that. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, you know, I love cutting to the chase, and so do you. The difference is you get to do really all the hard lifting. I get to read your books and take the shortcut. See, that's what I love about the team of Lynn and Pat, because I open up a book and I read it, and I did this from very, very early on with your first book, when honestly, Lynn, I didn't know what the heck I was reading or what the heck I was doing or what the heck it would mean. But I'll tell you this story is... I was really, really sick the first time I picked up your book. Not many mm. people knew that. They know me as Dr. Pat doing the radio show, but what they didn't know is I contracted a mystery disease. Mm. What I discovered, though, is, wow, this Lynn McTaggart has got something going on. Can I live my life like this? So here's my question. Mm-hmm. It sounds so simple, Lynn. It does, and I did apply it for, for my own healing. A lot of things mm-hmm. that you teach and you know, like breathing. Mm-hmm. But doubt, that thing, doubt, that, that word doubt, the energy of doubt, boy, that is a game changer, isn't it? How mm-hmm. can we, what have you learned about doubt? How can you help us? Doubtless. Well, I'm a, you know, I'm a expert on doubt because I think I started, <laughs> I started this pat as a 21st century doubting Thomas. I mean, I was the biggest <laughs> doubter in the room. I didn't believe intention really worked. I mean, I was, I said to myself, hmm, you know, this all sounds a little too <laughs> woo woo for me. And my, even my editor with the intention experiment, I think she believed it was going to work more than I did. Um, I put in a whole bunch of qualifiers, you know, hey, it's okay to just ask the question. If it doesn't work, that's fine. And I was shocked it worked as well as it did. But I think that the antidote to doubt that I have learned, because I went on a big journey with this book and with this work, trying to figure out why. Why does, you know, here I'm hit in the face with these (coughs) unexplainable healings and rebound effects from the large and small groups. What is going on here? What did I do to these people? And so I looked at it from every angle, from groups to brainwave studies to altruism. But the real proof of it is 
try it for yourself. Try it for yourself. Get a group of eight, and this could be virtual or it can be actual group of eight. You know, it works just as well virtually. I've had many teleseminars. I actually studied a group for a whole year. I put a group of 250 into small groups, had some lessons with them, and then put them into groups and just monitored them and watched them as they did healing intention for each other. And of the people who stayed in their group and kept meeting week by week, pretty much 100% of those people, that was about 150 people, had miraculous, essentially major, major, in many cases, miraculous transformation in their relationships, in their health, in their career, in their life purpose. It was really quite amazing to see, you know, lifelong depression lifted. Another woman regained most of her hearing. Uh, Other women got dream jobs, and one guy, you know, or one woman got over chronic fatigue that she's had for 15 years, and other people made up relationships that had been estranged for years and years and years, and other people started up amazing businesses, the businesses they'd always wanted to do, never had the chance to. So my big suggestion is just try it. It's so simple. You know, that's the thing that's amazing about the Power of Eight, just doing intentions together. Um... I also did a brainwave study with Life University because I wasn't believing this stuff. I still wanted to find out what's behind the the curtain here. And so we did a brainwave study of Power of Eight groups sending intention to each other, and we found there's a major change in the brain when this happens, that it quiets the parts of the brain that make us separate, make us feel separate from the rest of the world. The parietal lobes, they tell us where we end and the rest of the universe begins. Some of the frontal lobes that are involved with worry, doubt, negativity, doubt there, that all gets turned way down, And which is why people experience an ecstatic state of oneness when there's, they're in these little intention groups. And when we compared these results, I worked with a neuroscientist, um, and when we compared these results, it was Life University, the world's largest chiropractic university. They put their psychology department at my disposal. They're doing a series of these studies. And we looked at some of the studies done of people like Sufi masters, done by Andrew, Dr. Andrew Newberg, of, formerly of University of Pennsylvania. He's done a lot of studies on brainwave signatures of Sufi masters and master healers, Buddhist monks. And he's found absolutely identical brainwave signatures. But the difference is, you know, with a Sufi master or a Buddhist monk in ecstatic prayer, um, but the difference is those people had to go through years of training, years of Mm -hmm. training and discipline, and also hours of priming before they got into that state. My guys, the people studied at Life University were students. They were novices. Most of them had never even meditated. All they had was a 13-minute video for me telling them how to do it, and they were transported in an instant. And this is the thing that's so amazing to me, I think, about these little Power of Eight groups. You know, they signal to me with everything that goes on inside them that you don't need um, years of discipline training. You don't need ayahuasca or a sweat lodge. You know, all you need is a little group and a common intention. Yeah. You know, let me just say this, um, and and then we'll go to break, and I want to talk with you about, okay, how can the power of eight 
open up the doors, literally create the gate to everything we want. So I want to share this story real quick, and then I'd love for you to comment it, especially since a couple things in your book I think directly relate to it. We're creating a video game um, and a board game, a, a completely new way to talk about Lyme disease and Lyme disease awareness. So we've just finished getting the characters done. We're finishing up the storyboard, and we're getting ready to raise funds so that we can finish this project, right? Mm -hmm. And so we've been working on this because it's really, really important. We provide a new way to educate people about Lyme disease and Lyme protection and all of the above, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it is right now we know that it is um, one of the fastest growing epidemics we have that nobody's talking about. Yes. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, how are we going to do this? Man, you know, I would love to meet somebody that's in the video game or the virtual reality and, you know, I'm holding this space for this. So mm-hmm. I'm also working on this other project, um, which has to do with creating a new paradigm for addiction and recovery. Mm-hmm. Saturday night, my friend Dr. Ronnie is in New York City, and she is like you. She is Dr. Ronnie is healing people all over the world, right? This is her thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, she is, uh, like most of us, sets the intention and. Saturday morning, she calls me from some restaurant. You could hear the noise. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, I want you to meet my friend who's sitting here with me. And she hands Mm -hmm. me the phone to him to speak with him. Mm -hmm. And I spent a few minutes listening to him. I didn't connect the dots about who he actually was. Mm -hmm. But this is a man that is a, uh, owns a virtual reality production company. He creates video virtual reality games, content. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. This is what he does. He's yep. out in the world, an ex- just incredible entrepreneur. Uh, he's also from New York. Here we are having this conversation, one of many I think we're going to have. I didn't say very much, but I listened. You know, yeah. he is somebody that is out there uh, and has partnered with a, his partner. They've sold over 50 million video games. When we come back from break, I would love for Lynn McTaggart, using her fabulous new book, to talk about how something like that happened to this girl from the, from the streets of New York City. Because I'm still in awe about it, and I know you know, because it's something I think everybody can experience. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, how does that happen? We'll be right back. Thrive is what we experience when our mind, body, and soul operate as one. When we thrive, we excel on all levels. Thrive is the mindset that matters. It is essential to our being. Have you ever found yourself looking for the instruction manual on how to thrive? You'll find everything you need to help you feel strong, powerful, and peaceful in your own body. So don't waste any more time. Visit thrivebygen.com today. 
Are you traveling most of your day? Do you want to take Transformation Talk Radio with you anywhere you go? Well, guess what? There's an app for that. Just go to the App Store on your Apple device or the Google Play Store on your Android and search Transformation Talk Radio. Catch all of our live shows no matter where you are. Thanks for listening. In this day and age, if you don't reinvent yourself, you may never find balance, peace, and the sustainable life that is your birthright. Angela Watson Robertson, known as the Reinvention Warrior and the host of breakthrough radio show Masters of Reinvention, is here to help you reinvent every area of your life. Tune in and hear from the best in the personal transformation business and discover tips and tools for positive change. Live every month on Transformation Talk Radio. Tune in to the Psychic Professors Show, The Voices of Spirit Radio, with international medium and spirit artist Dr. Susan Barnes on Transformation Talk Radio, featuring a variety of spiritual topics such as psychic art, spiritualism, EVP, psychic development, and mediumship. This hit call-in show provides listeners with breakthrough wisdom to enliven and enlighten their lives. Visit spiritartgallery.net for show days and times. Get ready to experience Truth Talk Radio with host Deb Acker. Tune in to Truth Talk Radio each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com to illuminate the truth in your daily life as you experience life, love, and abundance from a whole new perspective. This hit show will leave you feeling lighter and bring you into a place of infinite possibilities every day in every way. Visit TruthTalkRadioShow.com for upcoming transformative topics and guests. Interested in deepening your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit www.esotericstudies.net. Welcome back. Lynn McTaggart. I wish I could take Lynn, put her in my pocket, carry her around, take her out every once in a while and say, Lynn, can you help me with this over here? What do you think about that? Um, her latest book, as uh, as with all of the books of hers, and I've read them all, uh, some of them I've read several times, The Intention Experiment it sits next to my uh, bed along with a book called This Thing Called You. And right now, I'd uh, like to give a copy of the book away, 1-800-930-2819. And uh, the way that we roll on this is first caller, 1-800-930-2819. Um, and Lynn, what is the best way for people to find out more about you and also get a copy, get their own copy of the book? Okay, well, if they want to get a copy of The Power of Eight, my new book, uh, they can get a hold of it at any on any online thing like Amazon or bookstore and get hold of me and anything more about it and and the book at lynnmctaggart.com, my website. 
Yeah. I just want to say to everybody here, we're barely scratching the surface of how brilliant this book is. And the way that I really want to kind of feature it is I shared a story before the break, and then during the break I gave you a little bit more information. Um, Can you help the people listening understand I'm not different, I'm not special? What you're talking about, Lynn, is accessible to everyone. So how might you explain one minute I'm sitting there, I'm reading your book, I'm dreaming about no, meeting somebody in the video game industry, and by the way, I don't know anybody, and my phone rings. Okay, let me tell you my take on this and what happened, the experiences that I recorded like this. As I re- said before the break, I decided to have my own little Petri dish to take 250 people, put them in groups, teach them how to use intention, and then have them do intentions with each other week by week by week while I monitor them month by month to see what was going on in their lives. Now, it was really fascinating to me. First of all, people had all kinds of experiences like that all the time. But when Mm. they really worked, this is the real key here, Pat, when they really worked is when they got off of themselves and started thinking about doing something for someone else or intending for someone else. And that would be interesting for you to scale back and just think about what you were doing then and what you were trying to achieve or whether you were intending for anyone else. Here's what happened to Andy. Mm -hmm. Andy was trying to do intention for herself. She had the group intending for her over and over. She was just getting a divorce. She didn't have a steady income. She was worried about her future. She had two kids. And she just couldn't get a job that was right for her. And she kept intending, and nothing was happening. So I finally said, Andy, get off of yourself. Start intending for someone else. And I had a someone else in mind. There was a young kid whose stepfather wrote me because he had broken up with his first serious girlfriend, and in a fit of adolescent angst, he chucked himself off a 40-foot structure onto hard ground. And Luke broke pretty much every bone in his body, and they didn't think he was going to live. He had nerve damage, brain damage, etc. the mess. So um, I got my groups to start doing a healing vigil for him, doing intention for Luke, and Andy was one of them. And first of all, Luke had amazing recovery. I mean, did we do this? Who knows? Could have been good doctoring, but against every odd, he was home within a month and, you know, really healed. It was really quite amazing. But The more interesting thing, in my mind, is what happened to Andy. As Uh soon as Andy got off of herself and started intending for someone else, like Luke, she gets a call out of the blue, just like you, from somebody she didn't even know, offering her her dream job. So it is like that, and I hear this over and over again. Lisa, same thing. Wanted to write a book, wasn't getting anywhere with it. She wasn't really an author. She wanted to write about body work for trauma, which is her speciality, her specialty. And she wasn't getting anywhere. She was having terrible time with editors. She starts intending for someone else getting off of herself. And lo and behold, the next week, she's walking past the store, gets this urge to go in that store, even though she didn't need anything in the store. And there she meets an acquaintance who turns out to be a book coach and a book, you know, 
a former publisher who walks yeah. you through the whole process. End of the story, her book becomes an Amazon bestseller. So wow. it, I say this over and over again, the moment you get off of yourself, and that's what the groups are so powerful, there is this amazing rebound effect. You know, what you send out there comes back to you multiplied. It's an old adage, but it's really true. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I had just gone to see Dr. Darvish on Friday, who is doing amazing things in the world. Dr. Darvish and Dr. Ronnie together, they have done groundbreaking things for chronic Lyme disease. And, you know, all of us really want to be able to provide these services to people at a significant rate. And so we're always thinking about how to do that. Hence, creating mm-hmm. the Lyme game I talked about, so that we mm-hmm. don't just educate people, but we can create ongoing funding, right? Continuous funding for people. So, yes, we're, this is really what we were in the middle of, how to create a wellness centers all over the United States for people that, A, can't afford it, per se, or, B, don't even know that these solutions are available. So that was the energy of this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it was a, it, in itself, it was an altruistic thing you wanted to do. So yeah. I have also found that those kinds of altruistic acts tend to have their own energy. I mean, uh, with the intention experiment, I've hardly ever had to pay for anything with it. It's always just mm-hmm. showed up. People helping with websites the scientists donating their time. I mean, it's always been remarkable. Except for the early ones, we've always had people just show up to help us with it. So these things do have an amazing energy. But it is for you, for anybody wanting to try this, there's the power of a group. You've got to intend for other people at some point. And it is remarkable what comes back to you. I have story after story of the senders getting even more powerful effects than the receivers. Mm. Wow. You know, Lynn, um, what is it, as we read through this, and, and, and also we talk about the many, many stories, what you've discovered all along the way, and, it, it, you know, when I get to the, the part of the book, and I'm trying to remember exactly where it is, where you talk about a year of intention, mm-hmm. we can start the energy of this at any point in time. How does the intention process work? There are a lot of things out there. I know for me emotionally, in the moment that I was at when that cell phone rang, I was emotionally open, I mean, and vulnerable to, to mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, we've got to get this done. We've got to save lives. How yeah. does this work from your experience and people? Well, it's not... A quiet little meditative state, a lot of people Mm. think it is. It's actually a very focused mind state. You know, intention Mm -hmm. is is a real request to the universe. It's being very specific. If you want to heal your left hip, the pain in your left hip, don't just talk about pain. Talk about the pain in your left hip, you know, being free of that pain. If you want to, you know, if you want to be, most people make mistakes because they, they're not specific enough. They'll say things like, I want to be rich because they think uh-huh. that will cure everything. That's not really what they usually want. What they usually want is a new job, a particularly new job or a 
they want to start their own business, or they want to pursue their hobbies, or they want more time with their children or grandchildren. It's not necessarily lots of money that is the thing. So uh, you need to be specific. You need to focus with all of your five senses on what you want. You know, see it, hear it, feel it, smell it, taste it. And you need to bring it down to your heart. That's really important. But also physically connecting or mentally connecting with the rest of the group, even if you're not with them. I mean, all of our groups that I studied for a year that had so much success were virtual groups. They'd never actually met each other. I mean, that's the thing that's so amazing. They'd only connected on Skype or Google Hangouts for a year. And yet these were their family, as they would talk about them. They said, this is my intention family. So uh, you mean a mental kind of connection or an actual physical connection holding hands. But it's, it's kind of that simple. A formulated intention, everybody holds together. Mm-hmm. And there's, of course, techniques. I have lots of techniques in the book for becoming yeah. a master of intention and being much more focused in all of those things. But that's the rudimentaries of it, and it, it's that simple. Wow. Last question, of course. Um, where do you see humanity's greatest challenge? Um, I think that the greatest challenge we have now, we kind of talked about before, which is being mm-hmm. tolerant of difference. I think that's probably one of the big things that unites us right now. In different countries, everybody's struggling with that one. People with mm-hmm. differing worldviews about a same situation and us being intolerant of it and thinking our way is the only way. And I think that's one of the big, big challenges because it cuts across issues with religion. It cuts across political issues right now. It cuts across the haves versus the have-nots the Trump supporters versus the Clinton supporters, you know, all of that. And Mm -hmm. we have to learn how to bridge that divide. And I think this is what I love about intention groups is that in creating that emotional state, that state of tolerance, the the vagus nerve being fired, of that greater acceptance and identification with the other, that's a little route to connecting. And imagine if you had four... Republicans and four Democrats in your Power of Eight group. What's going to happen over time? You are going to love these people, whether they have very different views from you or not. Yeah. The only way, though, you're right, that we can really bring this conversation forward is to get out of ourselves to do it. And those are my words. And, Lynn, thank you so much for today. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with? And again, please let us have uh, your website. Okay. My website is lynnmctaggart.com. You can find out about the book. You can order through there. Um, and you can find out about all of my master classes and the other intention experiments I'm doing, the live events I'm doing, uh, um, live stream too. Um, my message is really an important message about when it comes to healing yourself and healing the world always never do this by yourself it's too big a task to try to accomplish by yourself always seek power of numbers and small numbers on number eight 
And my second idea about that is if we're going to create transformation, it really does need to be the ground up. And I see these little power of eight groups being little powerful, virtuous circles in themselves, giving people, just a small group, a lot of power, and that radiates out into the world. Mm. Lynn McTaggart, everyone. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KVRQ 98.9 HD3 Seattle.